Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. Yeah, you're awake. That's awesome. It is just so so exciting to be here with you all this morning, to be sharing from God's Word and watching some clips of the Grinch together. And my name is Pastor Amy, if we haven't gotten to meet, and I would just love to meet you on your way out. So please make sure you stop by to say hi. And if it's your first time here, we just have a special gift for you. You can stop by that welcome home table, and someone from our dream team will be more than happy to bless you this morning. And so... Um, I'm excited. Are you guys excited to watch The Grinch and discover how in the world does the Bible connect with The Grinch this morning? And so we are going to unpack that together. Did you all know that there are two weeks till Christmas? Two, just two, two weeks till Christmas. And I know when I say that, you're either filled with so much excitement or you're completely terrified, <laughs> right? Or maybe just a little bit of both, but there are only two weeks till Christmas. And so as we uh, head into the last two weeks of Christmas, I'd love to propose this question to all of us this morning. It is, who are you focused on this season? Who? Who are you thinking about going into these next two weeks. And so I'm going to give us the answer, and it's probably not an answer you are thinking about. It's probably not the answer you want this morning or that you expect, but it's most likely you, yourself. You probably are thinking of yourself more than you are willing to admit. And that goes for myself too. And so I think it's because you and I, we have this natural tendency to put ourselves in the center of everything. And so going into this Christmas season, maybe you've become consumed with having that perfect family photo. It just has to be perfect, or the best decorations inside the house and outside the house, better than the neighbors. Did you see what they put up? It's not that great. Look at our house. Or finding the greatest presents and the best deal. If I just get them that most perfect present, then they'll say thank you. Then they'll notice me. Then they'll um, pour into me in some way. Or maybe it's doing all the Christmassy things, which is so fun. I love doing all the Christmas things. But you have to post about it, and you have to make sure that everybody knows that you went to go see Santa, and that you went on the Polar Express, and that you did this, and that you did that. And so if we're not careful, I think we have the potential to miss Christmas this Christmas season if we continue going in that direction of making ourselves the center. And so there's no argument that the Grinch is a timeless, classic Christmas holiday film. The iconic story, it was originally published by Dr. Seuss in 1957, 
And since then, it has been translated in nine different languages. I thought that was really amazing. It was first made for television in 1966, and it has been adapted for musical theater and made into so many different movies over the years. And so this morning, as you can see, we are going to be looking at what you and I call the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch. Why we call it that? I don't really know. But everybody knows, oh, oh, that's the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch. And so, fun fact, Jim Carrey, it took him eight and a half hours every time he was preparing to film to become The Grinch. Eight and a half hours. And that was from like, top to bottom, full costume makeup, and he did that 92 times. That's like crazy commitment level there to be the Grinch. That's gotta do something to you as well if you're, you're playing this character 92 times. And so this morning, we're gonna discover together what Jim Carrey's version of the Grinch and the Bible have in common. Did you know that the word Grinch is indeed in Webster's Dictionary and that it means a grumpy person who spoils the pleasures of others? And that's not any of us, right? None of us here. We're not any Grinches at Blaze Church. No way. But, but we all know someone that is, right? Yeah, we all know someone that's a Grinch. And so you may not be a Grinch based on Webster's Dictionary's definition, but you may have some Grinchy tendencies that you're, you're not willing to admit on the microphone this morning. But I wanted to set the scene for this story, The Grinch. And so those of you that maybe you haven't looked at the story in a while and what happened, um, I'd like to just set the stage. And so we have The Grinch. He lives at the top of Mount Crumpet, all alone, with his dog, Max, as his only friend. And he just despises everything about Christmas. Like, you might think that you're like, oh, I'm not really all about Christmas, but like the Grinch, next level. He hates Christmas so much. And he really, really does not like the Who's down in Whoville because they love all things Christmas. They do all the Christmassy things and they go above and beyond. And so he just can't stand Christmas. And the Who's, they just love Christmas. They love the decorations and the competitions and the presents and all the things that they believe Christmas is about. And then there's this one small Who, which I'm like trying to be like with my headband. This one small, small Who, Cindy Lou, who she questions and she challenges the Who's approach to Christmas. And so we have two extremes here. We have the Grinch, who focuses on the hate of Christmas, and he just wants to ruin Christmas for everyone around him. And then the Who's, they love all the Christmassy things. And so we're going to discover that both sets of people have the potential to miss Christmas this Christmas, and that maybe you and I do as well. So we're going to take a look at our first clip on how the Who's prepare for Christmas. 
This is so funny. Um, so I don't know if you caught at the very beginning of that clip, little Cindy Lou. She said to her dad something. I don't know if anyone caught it. She said, everyone is getting all combobbled. And so she recognized a problem around her. Have you ever felt combobbled during the Christmas season? I mean, we don't even need like a definition for that because we know what that means. Like, yeah, we felt combobbled. I mean, if you just wrote out all the people that you have to buy presents for, you have felt combobbled. Or maybe when you're online at the store and you're there and you're waiting and the line is not getting any shorter, you have felt combobbled. Or maybe you don't go to the store and you shop online, but then it starts to get super addicting and then you have Amazon coming again and again and again and again and you have like a million pictures of Amazon boxes at your front door. Like you might feel a little combobbled. Or maybe it's finding the perfect gift for someone special or even getting to the Christmas cookies or making the gingerbread houses and doing all the things. So yes, Cindy Lou in the year 2022, we can certainly relate to Combobbles. And so for the Who's, they believed that Christmas was all about doing and getting and having all the best decorations, the best presents, lights. And you and I, we know that that really isn't true. But I think sometimes if we're being honest, we can get lost in that. I know that I can. And so Cindy Lou, she's just observing around her in Whoville that everyone was just so focused on themselves and what they needed to do or get done for Christmas. And so um, you might say, no, no, they're not. They're not. They want to make it fun. They want to do all the things. But I mean, if you notice in the movie, they're trying to make it perfect. They're trying to make it perfect for themselves and um, not have anyone mess up their Christmas, especially the Grinch. I mean, he can't come. It's the Hubilation celebration. He will surely mess up what we are uh, protecting for ourselves. And so there is one word that really sums that up this morning. It's selfishness. The Who's are being selfish. And so before we watch any further what happens with the Who's and the Grinch, um, I like for us to have God's word in our heart. I mean, yes, it's so fun to come here and watch these movies, but if we don't have God's word in our heart, nothing's really gonna change. I know it's, it's true for me. So we're gonna look at what the Bible has to say about selfishness. And I know what you're all thinking. You're like, Pastor Amy, I'm not selfish, my sister, my coworker, my boss, they're gonna need the scripture that you're gonna say. So I'm gonna write it down for them. Okay, that's fine with me. <laughs> but maybe this morning you are prepared to listen and I invite you to listen and maybe admit to yourself that eh, there's probably some places in my life that I tend to be a little more selfish. And so in James chapter three, verse 14, it says, 
But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And so this is James, Jesus's brother. And he tells his readers and us today too, a little hard truth <laughs> about selfishness. He says, don't deny it. <laughs> we all know it's there. And it's because admitting that we're selfish, that's really a hard thing to do. But he's saying it's not, it's wisdom, it's earthly. It's not from heaven. Essentially, he's saying selfishness, when we keep it in our hearts, it makes our hearts dark. It makes our hearts hard. And for the Grinch, two sizes too small. And when we when our ambition is about ourself and self-centered, there's chaos and disorder around us. And so we don't really have to look too far to see that in other people's lives. You could, you could pick that out in a second. And so this morning, we're going to look inside. We're going to look at what exists in us that is selfish. Enough about us. Let's move on. Let's watch the Grinch, right? Let's look at the Grinch's selfishness this morning. Let's take a look at our next clip. That part makes me laugh so much. He's like, down a size and a half. That's great. Um, so the Grinch, but who does he value? Himself, right? He prides himself on keeping his heart small and killing others' joy and um, just making everyone cranky around him because he's cranky. And so um, what he doesn't do is he doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge that he's selfish, that he's thinking about his own needs and wants, and he never stops to think why he hates Christmas so much. But this version of the story, it attempts to give us um, a potential reason as to why he hates Christmas so much, but he doesn't make any attempt to figure it out, to fight off selfishness. And so I'm afraid today, if we don't shine a light on our hearts and the reality that we all need to acknowledge that there's selfishness in there, that maybe we too, we can just become obsessed with figuring things out for ourselves, and we can just simply forget about others and those around us. And Paul David Tripp in his New Morning Mercies devotional writes this. We all need to be rescued from the dark rebellion of our own hearts. There is only one hope for us all. It's the amazing, forgiving, rescuing, transforming, and delivering grace of Jesus. The problem is we often don't see it that way. So I thought about that last line, the problem. 
like Cindy Lou, she observes a problem. And you and I, we have a problem too. Jesus, he said to his listeners in Mark chapter 7, verse 20, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things, they come from within. They are what defile you. So you and I, we have a problem. We have sin inside our hearts and it's keeping it dark and small and self-centered. And so in our movie, Cindy Lou, she's looking for something more this Christmas, more than the parties, more than the decorations, more than the presents. She says there has to be more. And so her and her family, they're on the, their way to the Hubilation celebration to nominate someone. And so um, she's getting ready for that. And she's just wondering, like, is there any hope for my town? Is there any hope for my family? And maybe this morning, you're kind of wondering that now too. <laughs> like, I hear what you're saying, but is there any hope to be found? Let's watch what Cindy does. <laughs> the, the mayor, he doesn't consider himself awesome at all. So Cindy Lou, she advocates for the Grinch. And the mayor, clearly, he's not too thrilled about it because he wants to be cheermeister and he wants to be the center of everything. But Cindy Lou, she's just, she's looking and searching for something more during the Christmas season. And she recognizes that the Grinch, he needs a back slap. He needs some holiday cheer, some joy. And so she's able to shift the town's perspective. And like the Grinch, you and I, we need an advocate. We need someone to support us and plead on our behalf. That's what an advocate does. First John chapter two, verses one and two says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So you and I, we have an advocate. We get to know the Father because of the Son. We get to walk in light, but first, we have to admit we can't save ourselves. There's nothing you and I can do to get rid of our sin problem, to make our heart grow. It's only by the unmerited grace of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, 
He is the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever, say whoever, whoever, that means whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What brings us hope to our sin problem? It's Jesus. He is our advocate. And Cindy Lou, as the Grinch's advocate, she ends up going up the mountain to Mount Crumpet, and she invites the Grinch to the celebration, and he struggles with deciding if he should go, and then he says, oh, I'm going to go, but what am I going to wear? And he steals an outfit, and <laughs> he goes, and everything seems grand, and he's getting like all, all the things, all the food, all the, all the celebration, and then he gets hurt, and he feels embarrassed, and he feels like no one likes him and pain and disapproved of. And he comes up with the plan that he's going to steal Christmas. And he says in uh, Dr. Seuss's famous, this famous line, he, he, then he growled with his Grinch fingers nervously drumming, I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. And so out of the pain the Grinch feels, he embraces selfishness. And he embraces these tendencies that you and I, we can choose to embrace too if we aren't aware of it. Maybe you've come to despise all things Christmas. I mean, when you're asked to put the lights out on the house, you're just mumbling under your breath constantly, and you might be called a Grinch a few times or two. Again, there's no one here. No one here, no one here. Or um, maybe when Christmas and the holidays roll around, you start thinking of some really hard moments that you had growing up, and you can feel bitterness and maybe envy start to well up inside of you again and grow. Or maybe you get wrapped up in all of the Christmas things, the whole celebration and you forget about others and what they might be needing or struggling with and so what happens in their story is the Grinch he steals Christmas he's so determined to take everything away from the Who's and everything that they think Christmas is about and you and I we're faced with a similar dilemma because I think we can find ourselves on either side of the story. Maybe as the Who's who value Christmas in a way where they elevate it and want to make it so grand and so great and have all the best stuff. Or maybe as the Grinch that's just like, this is a down time for me and I'm really not going to join in in any of the fun. And so wherever you find yourself this morning, I think we can find ourselves in one of those two areas. And so what happens is the Grinch, he steals everything from the town. He doesn't leave a crumb that even a mouse would eat. And um, the Who's wake up Christmas morning and they find everything gone. Everything. There's no presents. There's no tree. There's nothing. No decoration. And all their hope is gone. And so maybe for you and I, um, this could look like 
you went to three different stores and you waited online for hours and you got what you thought was going to be the perfect gift and you give it to the person at Christmas and they're like, wow, thanks, this is great. And they just toss it aside and they didn't love it as much as you thought. And you're feeling pretty bad about yourself. Or, I know, you went above and beyond. You got so many toys for your kids this Christmas. I mean, it is just overflowing with toys and they open everything and it's all great and then they're playing with a cardboard box and you're like, wait a second, I feel a little bit about myself. Or maybe you worked so hard to make Christmas brunch or dinner, whatever it is, and no one said thank you. And so those examples, where do they put us? Right in the center right in the middle. And so the who's, they wake up Christmas morning and it what seems like all their hopes and dreams about perfect Christmas is gone. Let's take a look at their reactions. Yay, right? <laughs> Yay! The who's, they realize that Christmas wasn't about all the doing and the acknowledgement. And it wasn't for themselves, but it was found in being together, being with their family and about others. And that very first Christmas, Jesus came not for himself, but for us, for others, for you and for me. And the prophet Isaiah, he proclaimed the Messiah's coming in chapter 9 of Isaiah. It's a well-known Christmas passage. And it, it was really the anticipation and the waiting for the Messiah to come that very first Christmas. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I think about that part that it says the people walking in a darkness, they've seen a great light. Do you know selfishness? It's sneaky and it hides. And it'll hide in the dark crevices of your heart. Only light can expose that. It's only the light of Christ that can truly expose it. And now we wait in this Advent season, which is just we're looking forward to two weeks, December 25th. We're looking forward to celebrating God sending his precious son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Sunlight brings life, right? Yeah. It brings truth. It brings beauty when things grow. Tim Keller, the New York Times best-selling author, we love to quote him here at Blaze Church, he says in his book, Hidden Christmas, the light of the world descended into darkness in order to bring us into God's beautiful light. And as for the Grinch, he waits on the top of the mountain with all the Who's Christmas stuff. And he's just waiting and he's ready to just 
toss Christmas over the mountain and just ruin Christmas for all the who's. And then he has a moment of clarity and a moment of growth. And let's take a look at our last clip. The Grinch is feeling. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Well, today, whether you find yourself relating to the Who's or the Grinch, my prayer is that as we conclude, we take a moment to just stop and pray and ask God to shine a light in your heart. I promise it won't be as dramatic as the Grinch start growing. The Lord is gentle and compassionate. And scripture says in First uh, John chapter 1, verses 5 and 7, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. I mean, can we even imagine no darkness? We see darkness all around us. He goes on to say, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It's not just during the holiday season that you and I wrestle with our sin problem and our selfishness and the ways that we can hold on to bitter and envy and jealousy. It's all the time. But sometimes Christmas, it just kind of brings it up to the surface. I know it does for me. And if we don't stop and think and pray and, and ask God to shine a light in our hearts, we might be living in a way that uh, makes us the center. We might be living in a way that searches for other people's approval. And so I love that. Last line, he says, he says, maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And so the Who's, they realized Christmas was about being together with their family and being with each other and celebrating. It didn't matter about the presents. And I love that Hollywood promotes family. It's so important. But the Bible says that we're all part of the family of God, when we believe in Jesus, when we believe that Jesus died and rose again for our sins to wash us white as snow so we can be in relationship with our Father and be forgiven. And so today, whether you are just hearing this invitation for the first time to be in God's family, or you've heard it a million times, we all have a choice to make to allow the Holy Spirit to shine His light on our hearts. We get to make that choice. And so... It can be so easy for us to lean into selfishness, bitterness, greed. And in turn, we kind of miss out on Christmas. And as all those feelings arise in us today, I would love to take the next few moments to just allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate our hearts. And maybe it's embarrassingly two sizes too small, like the Grinch. And, I just pray that hope grows 
inside of all of us this morning in light of knowing the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. So I'd like to invite the band to come up and I'd like for us to just be quiet and still for a few minutes and then I'll lead us in a prayer. And so maybe this time you just close your eyes, maybe open up your hands and relax your body and just think about Jesus. Think about the light. Invite his light in your heart. Invite him to show you what it is. Maybe we even say, Lord, show me, show me what it is that your light needs to shine on this morning. Show us, Lord. Father, we thank you that this morning we get to worship you. We thank you that we get to read your word. We thank you that your light has come to cast out all darkness, Lord, and that you desire a relationship with us. You desire for us to live for your glory. And so this morning, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that we would just allow and invite your light to illuminate the dark parts of our heart that we have yet to surrender. Father, I pray this morning that hearts are being just changed and stirred and seen in a way, Lord, not that they're condemned, but that they are surrendered to you, that they are clean because of you. Lord, we lay it all at your feet this morning, all the selfishness, all the bitterness, all the envy, all the jealous, jealous ways, Lord, we give it to you, Lord. We we don't want to deny it. We don't want to have wisdom that's earthly and unspiritual and demonic. We say no to that and we say yes to you this morning, Lord. In these moments, Lord, I just pray. I pray that we leave here changed that we think about your goodness and you coming to this earth as a, as a man, as a human and experiencing life just as we have. You understand, Lord, and we thank you for that. May it not be wasted on us today. Today, may we just go after you with all that we have and ask you to show us where we need to transform into more of who you are and less of us, Lord. We want to be a church that shines for you on this East End. We want to be a church that proclaims your name and loves others just as you have loved us. May we know your love this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, amen.